Hi guys, I'm Giuseppe Santamaria, the photographer behind Men in This Town and editor of Mitt Magazine. Welcome to a brand new season of Portrait Session, in partnership with Emporio Armani. This season, I'm doing things a little bit different. Instead of shooting in my studio, I'll be capturing men in their natural habitat, living la dolce vita, and finding out what living the sweet life actually means to them in this day and age. In this episode, I'll be chatting with Chris Lowe, the founder of Big Trouble Store, an independent shop in Sydney dedicated to selling quality-made menswear from Japan and the States. We discuss the realities of being a shop owner, redefining luxury in the menswear scene, and living life on your own terms, regardless of the bumps in the road. Head over to meninthistown.com to view selects from our portrait session. And in the meantime, I really hope you enjoy the conversation that took place. introduction for yourself um so yeah my name is chris lowe i'm the owner of big trouble store here i'm 39 years old worked in fashion retail for over 10 years and it just my interest in clothes has led me to own my own boutique here in sydney so it's a beautiful boutique Uh, thank you we'll talk a lot about that today um but i guess we'll start off with what are you wearing right now what are you wearing today i'm i'm wearing uh quite a few engineer garments pieces which is one of uh brands that we stock here in the store so I have on uh, the Engineer Garments Bedford which is a Staples kind of casual suit jacket. We have the Emerson pants and a high poplin cotton. Uh, the 19th century button down that they do which is a classic sort of uh, suit shirt and I'm wearing Yucatan sandals Amazing. and the Armani Emporio scarf as well. The top the ensemble of. It nicely pops it off. So what is your personal style all about? Where did that kind of idea, how has it evolved over time? I, I'm very interested in functionality of clothes. So, you know, I like to be able to dress smartly, but still have, you know, my day is so varied that I don't want to start off, I don't want to be limited in what I can do by what I'm wearing. So the functionality of clothes is very important to me. So I like to be comfortable, but still having like a sort of smart attire at the same time. So. And is that something kind of you learned over time or what was it like when you were younger? Where, where did that interest in fashion actually come from? Um, or was it fashion? Was it more kind of... Well, I, I always tell people I work in retail. I never really say that, you know, I work in fashion. Yeah. But I mean, um, I always, I've always liked clothes. When I was younger, I, don't, I didn't collect heaps of clothes because we didn't have heaps of money. But I was always very particular about what I liked to wear. And what was that? Ah, uh, well, various <laughs> styles over the time. But, you know, I remember being a teenager and going into SDS on George Street and you know you you only had ever had enough money to buy like one pair of sneakers so I remember standing in front of the wall of all the skate sneakers trying to pick a pair of DC sneakers for about 45 minutes and I'm sure the staff (laughs) you know just would sick of me by the end of it but yeah and then um, I sort of fell into fashion retail for a while so and I think over the years I've seen styles come and go hype come and go and and the piece you kind of identify the sort of key pieces that you know still stay the same you know they don't come in and out of trends and other garments that that I've had in my wardrobe that are made better than other other things and they just lasted a long time and they all tended to be made in Japan made in USA garments Mm. and a lot of the time the stuff all has its roots in sort of military or workwear or 
you know, just that Ivy style league kind of thing. So, and where did you kind of learn about that? Was it in store or was it online or was it in magazines? Um, Oh, everywhere really yeah. it was like uh, from working in stores learning about the brands that you stock I mean um, internet forums yeah, back right. in the day yeah, yeah you know <laughs> so there's not many of those left but you know that was that was like quite a treasure trove of information you know especially when we liked a lot of uh, Japanese brands because the, traditionally they didn't really have much of a web presence no you had to go to the stores you had to find them so people were like we used to go on the Superfuture forum a lot and, you know, people would be trade, trade little nuggets of information about sizing, about these obscure Japanese brands. Um, a sort of key fashion influence to me, I guess, was a friend of mine, uh, Sakalan, who he was a American Japanese who grew up in Indo but spent high school here and he used to go back to Japan every now and then and he'd bring all these clothes back and we'd just be yeah, like, right. wow, what is that? Where did you get that? And so, yeah. yeah. The Japanese people were kind of ahead of the time with kind of that, that style, weren't they? And you just don't see it here in Australia. We didn't see it in Australia. Yeah, you didn't see it here. I mean, they're, they're just, they take everything. If they're very into something, it's very obsessively, it's 100% that that's what they're into. So they, they took like, you know, denim and made denim better than Levi's could make it. And, yeah. you know, they, they're definitely very far ahead and then I guess time. what kind of is that what inspired you to kind of open up your own shop here in Sydney I I, I worked for a bunch of different stores and I, I think ultimately you get to an age where you're in retail where you, you kind of feel like you want to do your own thing and you mm-hmm. want to be more in control and also what was your last full-time job before I this? was working for Carhartt work in progress in the galleries in Victoria in and how long were you there so I was there two years so yeah, yeah. yeah. And Carhartt's a great brand and so I it was a nice kind of stepping stone into it. Yeah, yeah, you know. totally. I mean, um, ultimately, yeah, I just, it was from a basis of, it couldn't find the brands that I wanted to buy here or like the clothes that I wanted to wear. So I thought, you know, it's something that a lot of us who worked in retail, we always talked about doing this kind of store and we thought it might not work, but I was like, you, can, you don't know it's not going to work until you try it. Yeah. So here we are. And trying is that kind of, you need to just do it and not, just keep thinking about it exactly, or kind of yeah. you just have to try and if it fails it fails if it succeeds it succeeds at least you actually tried it exactly you know? right so you know <laughs> what the, oh yeah I absolutely know what, what is the process like of kind of finding the pieces that you want in the store uh, it's, it's well it's hard because you have to distance yourself first between like what I would like and yeah. what I want to wear and what's yeah. commercially viable as well I mean because I see I see so many amazing styles and things in Japan and at the trade shows in New York that are just amazing, but you just know that it won't work in the market. So, you know, you have to have to sort of juggle that. But um, Buy uh, one for yourself and then one for the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do a custom order for myself and then buy for what's the shop. But then all the customers are like, why didn't you order that? I'm like, well, <laughs> you know. So it's, it's trial, trial and error. But, I mean, it, it's kind of easy because a lot of the brands I like, I kind of like everything they do. And, there's, you know, you just have to pick, like, what I think – will sell well from each brand and you know so what's a piece right now in the shop that you kind of really love that you'd probably buy yourself um they're probably like the the new jackets from post overalls so they're um he calls it a shirt but it's a nylon taffeta and it's like a really lightweight jacket it has like polar tech in it so it's very lightweight but very warm and he's kind of just exploring the idea of... He does a lot of traditional workwear stuff with natural cottons, but yeah, right. every now and then he uses man-made fabrics like nylon. So it's kind of a 
cool juxtaposition between you know man-made and natural fibers. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is kind of the the price point in the shop? Like, is it affordable for most, or is it more, like what is we, the we, audience? I, I don't want to say we're we're not high end. I don't think I wouldn't describe it as high end, but we're we're definitely above most street level brands. I mean. We're probably looking at something from like our accessories, say like fifty dollars up until like a jacket, which is like five fifty or something mm. like that. So, and I mean, do I, I do try and keep the price brackets. There's obviously, you know, I see these amazing fifteen hundred dollar jackets in Japan, but you just know that the market here doesn't. Right. It's just a very tough sale. So. But then, who is I guess the customer? Like, what? Why are they kind of shopping here for? What do they kind of appreciate? Well, I, I find like you know we kind of. We get quite a varied customer base. I mean, it's probably from like early to mid twenties to late thirties, and it's the kind of guy that's you know maybe grown up on Carhartt and like he likes Japanese brands like Neighborhood and Double Taps, but they're a little bit more street branded and logo orientated. So mm. we're kind of catering towards the guys that sort of care more about the actual cut of the clothes, the the kind of fabrics used. You know, that's the one a kind of semi smarter look, but yeah, absolutely. And you've been in this location now for... In July, it'll be two years. Two years. And then prior to that, we are in Chinatown for about a year and a half. So come this November, we'll be four years old. So Amazing. And this is in Surrey Hills, is This it? is Surrey yeah. Hills, yeah. We're like at the pinnacle right at the point. End. Yeah, Surrey <laughs> Hills. Yeah. One, <laughs> one block over is Dallas, like different suburb. Yeah. yeah. How do you like it being in the area? I really like Surrey Hills. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we were in a mall in Chinatown before, so yeah, right. this this is very nice. We we're you know have a corner location. We have windows. There's, we're next to great coffee stores. There's bars everywhere. So. It's a great vibe you've kind of created in here, which is oh, I think you. you want when you walk in into the shop. You know, that's that the things you need to kind of offer now for retail is the whole experience, and you kind of get that where a mall would have kind of really. Yeah, the the mall was a bit hard of it. We, you know, it's like you're starting out and rents are very yeah. expensive in Sydney, oh, yeah. so it was the, it was like a good starting point. But we kind of outgrew the space pretty quickly. So amazing. Yeah. The music you have playing in here is quite good. What what do you normally have kind of on the uh, record? I like mainly rare rare groove. Like I try and keep. We play a lot of jazz in the store, but it really depends on my mood. I mean, I love disco, reggae, funk, soul. Um, yeah. Sometimes they play like rockabilly, garage rock as well. So where does that come from? That music, like where where do the interest in? Uh, I always I've always loved music since since I was like a teenager. I think you know I I discovered community radio when I was a teenager and it was like this radio show was playing all this you know underground rock music and at the time like 50s 60s garage rock and i was like oh my god there's this whole world that i didn't know about so it just yeah, set right. me off on the path of <laughs> yeah I can imagine you could easily get lost i've gotten to records maybe probably about five years ago and it's just when you pass by a record store you need to walk in now and kind of see if you can yeah, find something for yeah, me it's, it's kind of the jazz kind of stuff that i adore yeah well jazz, jazz is great i mean and jazz is a very nice I, I find it's really good to work to and it's just, it has a nice vibe for the shop so. yeah what, what do you do when you're kind of in the shop and you're just kind of procrastinating and you kind of you have I'm, your, I'm looking at records online is that <laughs> <laughs> that's your procrastination kind of thing is always yep. looking isn't it yeah I find myself <laughs> browsing sites going, oh, I could buy this. <laughs> Amazing. So I guess, how are you living your life at the moment? What, the, the theme this season of the podcast is kind of the, the sweet life and kind of what the new luxury is for you. Mm. Um, what, what's your life like right now? That And what are the little pinpoints that just make it a little bit sweeter? Um, I think just 
owning my own business mm. is, is probably the major point. It gives me freedom to do, to a degree, what I want to do, or at least frame things in my time frame that I want to progress. So, yeah. as opposed to working for someone else and you know having to be places on, well, I have to be here all the time. Anyway, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. You know. but was that always the goal, kind of to have your own business? To be independent. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, you know, I. I kind of really like the idea of sort of falling on your own sword. You know, if you make a bad decision, there's no one else to no, yeah. turn around and say, oh, complain about, oh, he, he made this decision. It's your decision. So you have to like learn from the mistake and move forward. So, absolutely. you know, I get, essentially it's the independence, you know, it's, it comes at a very high price. I mean, I'm here six days a week, so, yeah. you know, it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding at the same time. What area do you live in? I'm in North Sydney. Yeah, so what do you do there to kind of chill out and I'm not there that a lot no. I'm here in the shop six days but yeah, I mean yeah. um, I'm really lucky we live in North Sydney and um, we're very close to Lavender Bay and um, McMahon's Point so we can just walk down to Sawmillers Reserve my favourite thing is just to go walk and sit in the park yeah. you know the sun, sunshine and trees and do you kind of are you online or offline like are you obsessed with social media like everyone I try not to be I mean it's I mean you know I can't really criticize it because it does help the business side of things you Mm -hmm. know I did delete Facebook for several years before I started the shop and I had to get Facebook again for the shop page so I mean yeah I try I try I'm very conscious these days because when you're at work I'm on social media a lot because you know I get customers fielding me questions through Instagram and you know, so I try to be responsive. But in my spare time, I like to try and switch off as much as possible. Have yeah. you found that social media has played a, a good presence in Oh, it? totally, yeah. yeah, immensely so. I mean, Instagram more so than Facebook these days. But, mm. um, yeah, totally. I mean, as, as a selling tool, it's very powerful, you know. And I, think, it, I think it's one of those things of when you could use it properly and to what, how your audience would react to it positively i think it does work quite well yeah it's just i think it's, it's you need to play the game but also not take it too seriously i think is yeah, the way to kind of so. go about it not get sucked in yeah i mean, I, I feel like our audience on social media it's grown it's a very organic and like very sort of indicative of who's actually interested in what we do as opposed to you know 100k fake followers yeah that, oh, absolutely. you know don't really <laughs> They're, what, they're never going to buy do? anything. <laughs> exactly. They're never going to buy anything. You know, it's just for other people to look at. And it's ego. And yeah, it's ego. Know. And I feel like a lot of brands or shops sometimes feel like they need, you know, 20, 30, 50K followers just to feel validated or, yeah. you know, so, but well, it's not what we're going for. So, you know. Well, what's the, what do you think of the industry? Like when you are going out to kind of uh, buy kind of during your buying periods, what's it like? And is it kind of more of a, is a good community to be a part of, or is it kind of a little bit of a social kind of? Oh, I think I think where we sit in with the kind of brands that we deal with, mm. it's it's very much like a. It does feel like a family. I yeah, mean, yeah. everyone's has has shared ideals about how they see the fashion industry and the clothes, and everyone's sort of about wanting to make quality products and not create more landfill and that kind no, of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very inspiring to go to um, Tokyo or New York to the market week and see designers and the brands. And it's just invaluable being able to go and actually speak to the guy who designed the clothes directly yeah. as opposed to through a distributor or something. And, you know, you get insights into how they think and where the clothes come from. And it's very, very informative. And Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's nice to kind of have that face-to-face time where it's not just completely online based yeah totally I mean yeah you know so 
I know people in LA, New York, Tokyo, all through work now that you know I could yeah. go, go see and hang out with. And Amazing. Yeah. Do you do anything in store at all? That's kind of where it's more like events. Is that something been of interest to um, you? Or? To be honest, the last four years have been, you know, just like I can't even believe it's four years. This has yeah. been a haze. So you know, <laughs> it's definitely something we like to co- focus on this year a lot more do a yeah. lot, lot more launches and market events and things but um yeah we're just i just because i'm pretty much it's a one-man army here, yeah so, yeah yeah absolutely. so it's like um is that a difficult point you think kind of in having your own shop is kind of just doing it yourself oh yeah totally i mean i'm very lucky that i have like a circle of friends who help me out you know mm. we have one of my good friends casey uh does a lot of editorials for us um my other friend Scotty models for me. And, yeah, yeah. You know, have the support of my family and my girlfriend. So, you know, Amazing. it's it's good to be able to lean on people from time to time. You need that yeah. system yeah, there. Yeah, totally. Awesome. So what does your average day then instantly look like? I don't know if that's that interesting, but yeah. it's, it's <laughs> generally, you know, like um, coffee plays a big part of my day. So it's like get up. I look forward to the first coffee of the day. Where do you get that coffee? Uh, I have an AeroPress at home. So oh, nice. Yeah, my, I have a little grinder AeroPress. So I'm always buying beans from Paramount. And, yeah. You know, which is next door. Paramount next door, coffee yeah, Paramount Coffee, which is pretty good. But um, yeah, just coffee, breakfast in the morning, try and read ABC News. And then off to work and then... I wear so many hats during the day, depending on what we have to do, you know, yeah. whether it's always sales, but, you know, if we're doing accounts and like ordering stock or... The fun part. Yeah, the fun <laughs> part, receiving stock, you know. Yeah. So. And kind of how do you end your day then? Uh, so, yeah, finish it. We, we do 11 to 7 most most days, Monday to Friday. And then, um, so it's a, either go see my girlfriend and then we try to go to like a vegan restaurant place go hit up Gigi's in Newtown or something yeah yeah. you've been vegan for how long uh two or three years but I've been vegetarian for since 97 so what kind of pushed you into that um led you to that essentially like I I couldn't justify why something had to suffer or die for me to live when there's another way so and I always kind of felt that way since I was young so it was something that I was and it took me a long time to sort of do something about it but it just never felt right to me yeah. I think that's becoming more and more the case as kind of you have more the truth kind of coming out there with documentaries and all that stuff. Like the great part about social media and the media landscape at the moment is that you, you can discover all of this. Yeah, the information's out it's there. there it's there more really so than ever. Find. I mean, and without turning the podcast into a pro-vegan <laughs> thing, it's just there's so many reasons. I mean, it's it's healthier for you. It's better for the environment. And it's better for the animals. So, yeah. you know. Amazing. I think it's... um something to kind of just spread the word. I don't think it, it you know, keep kind of putting it out there. And yeah, well, I, I like to li- try and live by example. I don't yeah. like preaching. Right, I think absolutely. preaching really, yeah, yeah. you know, if someone's going to preach at me about something, I'm, I'm just going to switch off. So, yeah. you know, I, a lot of my friends know I'm vegan and been vegetarian for so long and they know I don't harass them about it. So, yeah, yeah you know. Fair enough. <laughs> so what does it feel like to be you right now? What's kind of your mindset at the moment? My mindset, I mean... Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I'm I'm just very focused on the shop, so it's like, you know, I I think my mindset is always six months ahead, hmm. because because of the way the shop works, we're buying seasons ahead, so I'm always thinking about what's happening tomorrow, what's happening next week, so kind of just always in the future, the future. vibes. So yeah, <laughs> I guess what I'd like my mindset to be, I'd like a little bit more time to be able to yeah. actually be in the moment and the present. So, yeah. is there anything you do to kind of 
do that help that out? Uh, I, I like riding my bike, so yeah. yeah, I've got a track bike, and I don't get much time these days, but if I can, I like to try and get out and, you know, cycle around. It's really yeah. good to clear the head and Amazing. just relax a bit, and, and then just play records if I have time to sit down. And Another thing, I DJ at a bar down at Wynyard on Friday oh, right. nights at Marlowe's Way, so that's kind of a nice end to the week so we, we play from six to nine o'clock down there and just, it's kind of nice to play some music and have a beer and it's nice to have that second bit. thing kind of that yeah yeah you know? it's like again it's like putting on a different hat but it's something i really enjoy and so yeah awesome you have your own equipment that you bring over or uh the owner has his own turntables and yeah. stuff so he's actually a trained saxophone player from ah. back in the day so he runs a bar cafe now so he likes the same kind, like similar music. So I'm very lucky that we can go down there and just play whatever we want. So, have you found any good places in Sydney that are that kind of good live music? Um, there was before mm. the lockout laws. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I say, I'm almost forty now, so I don't. And I with the shop, I don't get to go out as much. But um, it's a bit tough in the Sydney for live music scenes these days, especially jazz with the basement closing. And it's closed or closing? It's, well, it's closed, but they got some Marys, I believe ordered again so oh, they're bringing right. it back but I don't really think it's going to be yeah. it's great that it's a venue but it's not going to be the same jazz bar that it was I mean there's 505 mm, in uh, Chippendale yeah, yeah. That, that do jazz things we just went to a, a new bar launch in Newtown the other week called Cottonmouth Records okay. so it's not live music but they have DJs and it's a record bar it's kind of yeah, cool yeah. so Hopefully that changes in Sydney soon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit depressing. I mean, when you get people from overseas and you want to take them somewhere, you're like, like where oh, you go? I, I don't know where we can go. <laughs> like, yeah. I was recently in Melbourne and kind of just to see the vibe, the difference there is insane. And it's kind totally of, different. You have, you know, go to any kind of main street and everything is open <laughs> and there's people it's there. It's vibing and jumping. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, that's amazing. It's no wonder that that city is going to be kind of the big city in, in Australia soon because you just see they're doing everything properly and attracting people. There, and it's you know? stupid because there's no reason Sydney couldn't be like that. Absolutely. You know, we have the population to sustain that. You know, we have the space. It could be little sidebars everywhere, but, mm. you know, for political reasons, Absolutely. We're, we're in the situation where we are. <laughs> All right, so last question, just kind of a fun question. Um, this is Portrait Sessions Dolce Vita is kind of what it's going to be called. Um, since sweetness is the kind of theme, what is your favorite sweet? <laughs> favorite sweet? Um, I'd have to say, before I went vegan, I loved tiramisu. Oh, yeah. So being vegan, it's pretty hard finding vegan tiramisus. However, Gigi's imagine. in Newtown does yeah? the most amazing yeah, vegan tiramisu. Amazing. And cannoli. Oh. They do vegan cannolis. So like, <laughs> that's, that's heaven for me. That's definitely La Dolce Vita. I had this... Um, uh, Chocho-san in Potts Point. Okay. They do, um, I'm not sure if they still do it, but um, a matcha tiramisu, oh. which is, yeah, amazing. It's good. I yeah. could eat that every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you so much. No appreciate you, you being here, me. and uh, thanks for sharing. No worries. No worries.